welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Harry is back with us from his uh, vacation out there to Houston and uh, unfortunately didn't miss much this past weekend. But before we get into uh, some San Antonio FC talk, I know uh, we wanted to highlight uh, what was going on with uh, some UPSL news and, and some other news as well. How are you doing, Harry? Doing wonderful. How about you, how about yourself here? Uh uh sounds like i missed a, a fun game <laughs> it was a, a it was a cold one it, it was something I, I it was uh yeah i went to the uh, dynamo game and uh let's put it this way you know me and aj both wish we were at the uh you know safc game uh, even though houston won it was just there's no fun sitting in a crowd at, you know a half empty stadium even even with the team that's winning so well i guess uh we can we can talk attendance real quick um before we get into too many other topics, what did you think of the uh, turnout? I know we talked about how it's kind of a late crowd normally uh, with San Antonio FC. What did you think of the overall attendance for the uh, the match on a, a chilly evening in, in March, Jose? Yeah, it was a chilly evening. Um, the Spurs were playing. Um, May St. Paddy's weekend. Yeah, St. Paddy's weekend. But I mean, they were celebrating St. Patty's there. I know I did. I <laughs> drank so much beer, practically became radioactive. Uh, green beer. But um, but as far as attendance, I think it dropped. It, dro- it definitely dropped off. Um, you can especially tell on the on the sidelines, on the ends of them, on the wings. So the, but yeah, on the I, wings, those actually seem to be empty. I think that's the that's the average attendance, barring super oh, yeah. promotions. It could be. I think that's that's the typical crowd that 6,000, 62, 6,300. I think that's kind of the low. That's a fair um, number. B- barring, you know, further on on field issues, we'll, and I'll just leave it out for later in the conversation. But I think that is probably going to be the bottom crowd. The challenge for San Antonio FC, for us, for, you know, for all the podcasts is to try to help generate to get that extra thousand dollars over seven K. That's fair enough because it, and I did, it wasn't like it was horrible attendance like you saw last season, but it it definitely fell off obviously from a a season opener uh, at home. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it was cold. That's for sure. It was chilly. It was chilly. uh, Chilly evening. I'm glad I bought my uh, SAFC jacket. That's for sure. Early in the year. I thought I was going to get like two uses out of it, but no. It's been a a long winter. Winter is here, guys. Came in clutch. Uh, But before we jump into uh, SAFC, let's get into some uh, UPSO news, guys. Uh, What have you heard around the the cooter about any news, any any Samba, Corinthians, runners? You want to start with the Samba news, John, or you want to start with the runners and I'll take the Samba? John, you you go ahead and take the Samba news because you've been talking to John uh, from over there at Samba. Uh, they got a, a pretty exciting uh, preseason announcement. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell everybody what's going on with Samba. Yeah, let me pull it up here. So there is going to be a friendly tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow here. Wednesday. Uh, yep, tomorrow. Yeah, so Wednesday. Uh, kickoff is at eight o'clock. Uh, there, you know, the good thing is, is that there's no, there's no cost to go. So free admission and parking. Um, it is going to be at Wheatley Heights sports complex where they normally play, which uh, if you want the address is 200 
Noblewood Drive, uh, you know, in, you know, San Antonio, Texas, uh, for that here. Um, but they're playing a team called Guerreros FC. Um, I responded back asking, "Hey, is is uh, uh, you know trying to get some information on them because I I hadn't heard of it when I googled it. You know, there was a team out of Fre- uh, Fredericksburg. There was a Oxnard UPSL team also uh, labeled as Guerreros, uh, mm-hmm. but I guess it's an adult team." Uh, that they've been around for about three years. They play in two different adult Latin leagues, uh, the Cantera Soccer League, uh, where they play in the highest division. Um, and they're currently third out of 18 teams. And they also play in the Tabtio League. So I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in the premier level. So they're six out of 14 teams. But uh, um, also impressive, they've won three consecutive indoor champions uh, championships at Sea uh, Stiller Indoor. Um, but they're now more focusing on the outside game, the 11 on 11. Uh, one interesting fact is that uh, Samba FC player uh, Marcelino uh, Zamora uh, played with the Guerreros uh, before he signed with Samba. And of course, he's been with Samba for three years or so. Uh, sounds like they're a pretty competitive adult team uh, for that here. You know, uh, looks like you're, you know, for that amateur. here. So. Right, very amateur. I mean, it's not, they're not competing in anything like. UPSL level or no, probably a, a step or two down. Step down, okay. But I mean, that's like uh, that's like SCSC when they play against college teams. Yeah, and it's uh, it's no just to get conditioning working, mm-hmm. uh, touches on the ball and stuff like that. But uh, to me, I like said here, it'll it'll be good, you know, to go out and support it. You know, I know I'm going to try to see if I can make the trip over, you know, cross down, um, you know, for that here to you know just to see if I can catch some action. Uh, the other news here, uh, it looks like here UPSL has uh, actually already kicked off this past weekend in, in the Hart Conference uh, with Round Rock beating FC Knights 2-0. Uh, but go. the local teams uh, don't actually start. The first one starts actually in 11 days, and that'll be FC Thunder. Uh, they open on on, the, on the March 30th against FC Knight at uh, Bernie City Park. And then uh, April 5th... Uh, the runners open at Round Rock, which is a Friday night. Um, that weekend is when you'll have the opening of uh, Samba. Um, they'll open at Wheatley Heights Sports Complex against Coyotes FC uh, for that here. So, but kind of going through here, I know the the much anticipated runners uh, Samba uh, match here. The first one will take place on. I saw here. here. It will take place uh, May 18th, which is a Saturday um, at, I'm assuming it's at UTSA uh, Complex. Uh, that'll be the first one. And then they follow up very shortly after that uh, at Wheatley. Uh, for that here. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, so Samba finishes up the last uh, two weekend, weekends with the Sunday, uh, June 16th against uh, Bernie and Bernie, and then uh, the following Saturday, uh, the last match of the season uh, for the Heart will be uh, um, at uh, at uh, Wheatley on June 22nd for the you know, return match for the runners. Uh, the Corinthians uh, start also around that same time frame. Uh, one thing that I do need to reach out to them, because it does state that their first match um, which was April 6th as well at four o'clock. So you could do a double header, um, you know, do the Corinthians and then go over to Samba. Um, but at four o'clock on the sixth there, they're going to start out 
um, against Texas International. Um, now they're saying it's that elite soccer complex, not the normal uh, Warrior Stadium. So that might be something that we have to get clarification on. Um, is if the first match, you know, is if they are going to have it at the uh, alternative complex as opposed to the normal stadium uh, yeah. for that here. So, Corinthians but, just had a practice uh, or tryouts on Sunday. Uh-huh. They had like 87 people show up there. I know they posted a, <laughs> a pic of all the guys out there. There was these uh, also, uh, who were they, the guys from the ticket that were out there trying mm-hmm. out, uh, trying their best uh, Gordinho impressions out there? I did see <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But one thing I did want to mention uh, just in regards to Samba that I saw, uh, they re-signed uh, Diego Mendez, uh, which will be huge for them. Uh, he played really well last season. Uh, so they've got a lot of guys coming back, it looks like, on their roster. Um, you know, had a couple that went overseas to kind of try out some some different divisions and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I should be able to make it over there as well tomorrow evening with you, Harry, uh, for the uh, matchup again in their preseason friendly. They've started announcing a whole bunch of guys like in the last couple of days, man. So mm-hmm. their team is almost, as you can say, you know, filling up. Um, I haven't seen all the other guys uh, announce that. But, I mean, the sooner you get started, the sooner, you know, you can get that gel together, bring in – uh, the guys from last year and then bring in um, any additional uh, players that you think was going to help boost your um, your last year's performance. So I think them doing this early is going to definitely help them out yeah, as far as together, uh, the jelly and the players getting to know each other. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, I know it's still early and I, I know I want to try to get you know, John and Mason and uh, uh, you know, the yeah, central uh, commissioners on the line and if we can get Bernie um, in the Corinthians on, you know, maybe, you know, maybe have, maybe have kind of a UPSL special show uh, where they can kind of highlight, you know, their, their teams and, and promote some players and stuff like that. Cause to me, that's the biggest thing that, you know, that we need to do it as far as, you know, for the podcast and as, as far as, you know, just, you know, you know, I'm not saying we're part of the media, but, but just kind of help spreading the word out. So that way it, it, it can yeah, some of us are, are official media. Others are one media. We're, we're not part of the media? What? <laughs> Who said the shh? Don't let people find we're out just, about that. Just a bunch of guys talking shit, drinking beer. <laughs> and banks. Beer and banks. And banks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the runners are um, they're having a tryouts on the 23rd. I believe yep. that's next Tuesday. So, uh, you know, if you guys still want to go out there and try your luck, uh, you know, feel free to go out there. If you got cut from Corinthians... Yeah, <laughs> but no. Um, and then uh, also too, I did see uh, you mentioned the tryouts for the uh, the runners. Um, mm-hmm. There were some other tryouts I think that were posted uh, for Alamo City SC coming up as well. So um, just uh, it's kind of crazy because I didn't think uh, the UPSL season was really starting up until June or whatever because of getting kicked back since they added those teams kind of late for the uh, pro rel that they're going to kick off uh, this season. But, uh, yeah, UPSL already almost underway. So uh, last couple teams just kind of shaping up their final rosters. For sure. And also yeah, uh, high school. Good. I was going to say high school should be shaping up uh, here pretty soon over the next couple weeks. I know there's probably some games already with uh, playoff implications and everything else. We'll have to see who's uh, playing on Friday night over at um, Ferris Stadium. 
Yeah, I have it with the with the vacation, and then um, unfortunately, my work schedules kind of changed. Where I used to kind of work at home, and now I've got to go into the office. So. You have to go into the office yeah. to work. I know. Yeah. I lose oh an hour and a half a day now. So you poor baby. Man, rolling out of the bed, and you know, yeah, so sorry for me, but that's that's been I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was like, man, where's my you know, because the kids had soccer practice, you know, from six to seven. I'm like, oh man, I lost my prep time, so <laughs> suffering through it. But you know, give me a week or so, and I'll get it back in line. Yeah, there will be uh, some matches coming up, I'm sure, that we'll be able to attend. I just, uh, same thing with me and Savannah's work, and she doesn't get uh, off until seven o'clock, so. Just usually depends on how bad traffic is before she gets home. <clears throat> All right, but let's move on to the the nitty gritty, as they like to say. Uh, the uh, the follow up to the to the uh, amazing home opener that, that we had last week. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, we didn't get that win last week, but we did uh, show offensive power and uh, leading into this game, uh, our predictions uh, were totally off, guys. You think? Totally off. Um, <laughs> totally off, man. I don't think anybody saw this. <laughs> well, I think I, I think you knew it wasn't going to be a clean sheet, right? I think going to this match, you know, everything that we talked about was kind of if the defense can clean up their mistakes, if that back line can kind of play a little bit better like we expect them to. I mean, we talked about the identity of this team, Harry, and, uh, you know, you, you nailed it and you said that, you know, they're going to be more of an offensive team uh, defensively. You know, they're probably going to struggle, and this is probably going to be the identity that we see here. And, uh, you know, we hoped we didn't see something quite as bad as, as what we saw against Phoenix uh, defensively, and I feel like uh, we, we saw that kind of in strides. Yeah, yeah so I wasn't at the game. But I was watching it, uh, you know, on ESPN Plus, the best five dollars you can spend, um, you know, for soccer coverage and, and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, it was one of those games where I think if they would have connected early, it's a totally different game. But they didn't. Portland, you know, scored first. Um, you know, San Antonio rebounded, got the PK. And the same, and this is my, this is another trend that I've noticed. It seems like as soon as they score, you know, they have a habit of coughing one right back up. You know, they, they did that against Phoenix um, and they did it again against Portland. You know, they scored in the 28th minute and Loria scored the first of his two in the 32nd and it put them right back down. And, and I think, just, you know, just from the outside, to me, I think it just, you know, when, when they score that quick, it just, it takes, wind out of the cell you know you're, you know you're like hey we're back in it and then oh shit we're back you know back down one and, and all that you know <laughs> effort and time and and you could see it and you know what struck me is the announcers i want to say around this you know 70th minute were were saying that you know san antonio just looked dead you know they, you know they looked so tired you know you know in the match you know and you know i know it's week two but you know i don't you, you know, when your home announcers are saying you look tired because you're chasing, you're, you're chasing, you're, you know, you're chasing the, you know, the, the opposition. That that's not a good look, in my opinion. To be to be fair, I think San Antonio was a better team up to the the Portland goal. 
uh, I think they had the most, not chances, but the most um, offensive, uh, um, how can you say? Uh, possession. Attitude, attitude, yeah, possession, attitude. Um, but, um, you know, mistakes. The back line again, this uh, this game, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, as, you, as, you, as you mentioned right before we started uh, winning our, our live air, um, it was a bunch of crosses, man. So the ball was 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 in the area. It was just a matter of finishing. Um, finishing wasn't there. Well, at halftime, I felt that they were unlucky. It was one of those where you know, because because they had they had the opportunities, and they just they they were just off a hair, or they were half a step, or Portland was a half. You know, it was you know, it was a great defensive plan by Portland, you know, just to clog the middle, and, and you know, you've get, that seems to be the blueprint. And until Coach Powell makes the change, you know, that, that's how you slow them down. But well, we've been running this same offense for what a year and a half, two years. And that, that's what I was about to say. I, I don't know if even really and truly the whole first half you felt like you know it was unlucky. I would say probably the first. 15 or 20 minutes, you felt like it was a little unlucky because you saw him kind of try and do the same thing we've seen him do since Lance Lang joined the team and that send Lance down into the corner, cross it back into the middle. And like you say, they just kind of filled the box where that just wasn't open when he was sending them into the middle. There was nobody there. They had three or four defenders right there in the six and they were just clearing them right back out. And it was like once that kind of failed – uh, you know, I think Pirano kind of tried to do his thing a little bit one-on-one. He was a little ineffective just because uh, number 40 for the uh, Timbers, I'm sorry, I should have done my homework before the show. And Zambrano. Looked at a roster, did an excellent match, did an excellent job Zambrano, in the match. Zambrano, captain. Yeah, I mean, just kind of making Pirano ineffective, I felt like, almost all together. So once he kind of shut down that cross, and I think that's where we're going to struggle a little bit with not really having that big body they can play up top. I mean, you saw Didich uh, go up on a couple of uh, corners, or he goes up on pretty much every corner. But I'm just not sold really yet on his ability to finish on some of those crosses. It's like he just gets to him a little, little late, almost like a defensive clearance, versus like he's going in for a finish. Yeah, um, I, I think the the game for San Antonio should not be get out to the uh, to the wings and cross it. Like you say, we don't have that big body. It should be more of put it down the floor and pass it. You know, take it to the left. If you can't find anything clear, don't force it. Swing it back, pass it over to the right, and, and look for open spaces. I mean, the, the speed is there as far as the, uh, I think it's just a connection and and the the imagination of, of the players to, to, to put that into to their play, you know, um, Everybody agrees right here. They made it too easy. Just cr- crosses, crosses, crosses. Ever is five nine, five ten and a half, the tallest. So um, yeah, on with he his can, hair. He can create space, you know. I mean, when it's one on one, but that was kind of the big difference. I think you saw between the matchup against the Timbers is it wasn't one on one. You saw, you know, three on one, and, and they just like you said, uh, Harry, kind of crowded the box there. Yeah, I just, you know, to me, if you're going to be an offensive team, and this is, you know, I, you know, 
I posted, uh, you know, uh, you know, my nickname for this week, I guess, is low hanging fruit because you know my con- you know three concerns, you know, was Coach Powell, um, Cardoni, for, you know, Cardoni and uh, Forbes, and they're like, well, obviously, I'm like, but that's, you know, whether it's low hanging fruit or not, you know, that's what it is. It is what it is, and and, and to me, it's you know. I'm not on Forbes for his defense because we, we know he doesn't play defense, you know, and, and, you know, you know, he's here to score goals and to, to try to be creative. I wish, I wish the ball didn't stick to his feet as much, you know, and he was more, a little bit more like Lance Lang where, you know, you'd have the crosses from both sides um, for it instead of him trying to take it one-on-one. But to me, my biggest issue with coach Powell is, so you had a rough first half. Things didn't go your way. I think you're a little bit unlucky. Make some changes. Try to do something in the second half to spice it up and then maybe go back. But there were no changes. And that's been my big issue with Coach Powell is it so, doesn't seem like from a tactical aspect that it's there. And I don't know if it's just the makeup of the team that that you know that they've done to where, hey, we're roped into going up the sides and – and, and I like yeah. where you're coming from, you know, as far as just kind of that that thought process goes. Because it's funny because I was sitting there while I was watching the game thinking the same thing. Probably right around the 60th minute, you knew it was about time for him to make some sort of change to, you know, try and create something different because you felt like they were flat for so long. Uh, but you almost wondered, you know, what is that change for San Antonio FC this season? And I, I thought it was interesting they uh, do the addition of uh, Brad Bradford Jameson uh, and, mm-hmm. and kind of you look at the type of player that he is and just that big body, you know, a six foot five or, or whatever he is, you know, one of the, the taller players kind of in their roster. And, and that's just kind of where you felt like they were lacking in that matchup for a lot of the game was just having that taller midfielder uh, that could win on some of those crosses like you talked about that they had. But I thought they took out the wrong winger. I agree. I agree. So I would have took out Forbes and left Lang in because I think he, you know, I think he's. Now I don't know if he can play the opposite side. If if if, if that's if, if that's an issue, you know, with with uh, you know with, with Jameson. Jameson. But to me, that was the thing that I was hoping that you know Forbes would have maybe come out. You still had the the talent from Lang. And you get that height then, so that way you got two in the box because you know I think it was what the seventh minute. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, um, Lane crossed it in, and Billy was two you know, a step or two behind. Where if maybe he was a little taller, he could you know could could have headed it in. Um, you know, f- you know, f- you know, for that here. So if you have that longer stretch, and, and we're going to get to see this weekend because you know, uh, you know uh, with Forbes most likely out on international duty because he got called right. up. Uh, for to, Turks and Caicos. Uh, for Turks and Caicos and, and their, uh, you know, CONCACAF, or, yeah, CONCACAF uh, qualifying match uh, mm-hmm. coming up. So there's going to be some changes this week. So, you know, to me, it's, but to me, that's something that you can do. My change in, you know, it's kind of talking to Royce and he kind of shot me down. I think kind of, you know, kind of to turn it to the defense. I almost wonder if we're better off going with Lahood and Pekka um, instead of Pirano and 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 Pekka, they give you that those those two defensive mids because um, you know you know kind of following uh, you know Royce's conversations on Twitter, um, he's saying what's hurting the defense is Pekka's going too far forward. Where if you have Lahood kind of going back, that 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 gives you a little bit more depth. But 
Yeah, I, I saw those. I, I saw those comments. I don't. I, I don't think that's what that hurt the defense. And, and Jose, I want to give you a chance to respond and kind of give your your thoughts as well. But I mean, really and truly, what hurt the defense, I think, the most in that matchup again was just some stupid mistakes on transitions mm-hmm. and, and over committing and, and again positioning and, and some of the errors that we've seen and, and goalkeeper errors and everything. And and we'll get into that a little bit more. But I, I don't think you can blame the defensive errors. Uh, you know, I like I think you're going to see some of those changes with Piranha like you mentioned just because i think there's going to be more matches throughout the season where we're going to find that his style of play just isn't effective as what it is in other key matchups i think that's going to be one of them that powell was kind of referring to when he talked about looking for matchups but jose go ahead and uh just you know i'll, I'll let you give your thoughts oh well, let, let's jump into it let, let's jump into that that second uh, uh timbers to go i mean you know uh what you guys think would it uh, was it was it uh a Cardone mistake was it was it a whole defensive mistake because he came out to clear the ball he cleared it you're like you're supposed to to the he side not to the middle he just cleared it a little bit short he went back in time he was able to reach the ball when the when the uh Timbers two player shot it he, it just seems like he tripped or he wasn't expecting I don't know it, it, it looked like a weird uh weird thing and um he actually if he would not have touched it I, well I think Yarrow was back there he would have mm-hmm. cleared it Mm-hmm. But he he touched it and it kind of got Yaros up against the wrong foot, so wasn't able to get that last second reach. Yeah, so, between uh, his legs, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that's two mistakes and in, in well, even games. on the first goal with Wharton, basically they split the difference and and Dick yeah, well, one touch. no man's land where you know he ended up you know taking the dive and it was one on one with 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 the. Uh, Got his ankles broken. Was that was that Didich that fell? I was trying yeah. to see in the replay because I was kind of down there in one ten. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive it's it was Didich. Mm-hmm. That's was, what I thought. Uh, you know, he uh, was charging the the. That's what I, the, he just fell. Yeah, it was Didich. Yeah, I'm 100. percent He looked like Dirk Nowitzki or something like just. Yeah, it was just Dirk Nowitzki now. <laughs> like now, <laughs> his legs got all kinds of tangled. I, I know he's from Dallas, but dude, you know he's the man. And, you know, Thank you. All respect. Um, what he's what sixth or seventh now, or no, what sixth now right, on the all-time scoring list? I think he passed Wilt Chamberlain this last couple of days. So that'll be the thing um, I say about the Mavericks. But uh, a lot of respect. What, to what's up with, with Cardone, guys? Do we go for the change or not? No, I'm not yeah. you know the Twitterverse is out there. Uh, Going crazy with this. We got votes and polls and, and all kinds of stuff. You, you know what I, I, I yeah. think on that, uh, honestly, and, you know, I know we kind of talked about it. And, I mean, my answer was unless, you know, it's it's that bad. And, uh, you know, this last week it was almost just as bad as what it was the week before. So it's like if you have another game where you give up three goals, um, I think they start to consider it a little bit more than if he could just have some – sort of consistency in between, you know, at least a little bit to kind of help give those defending him uh, some credibility, obviously nominated for another save of the week. Um, I think the the thing that you have to think about, though, bigger picture is if, if you make a goalie change right now before the defense is still really playing as one cohesive unit, what happens if you throw that other goalie in there and he gives up three goals because the defense breaks down and now all of a sudden you know you've just created a lot less 
credibility and, and a lot less, you know, just confidence in your goalies because of flip flopping them back and forth. And it, it does, is it really going to make any kind of difference? And it's team morale that will go down. I mean, you know, knowing that, that there's two goalies that maybe, you know, they're a liability. I'm not saying they are, but if that had to, were right. to happen, um, you know, I'm going to be like, damn, we can't rely on, on that. But I mean, like I say, I think it's too soon. Uh, we did have that poll. Uh, with two games into the USL 2019 season, we should, one, hit the panic button, two, don't worry about a thing, uh, have some concerns, or keep drinking green beer. The majority with 61% was uh, have some concerns. And I think that's yeah. how we all feel. You. Um, you know, 4% was hit the panic button. Um, don't hit the panic button, but do have concerns, uh, especially because they've been home games. That's the issue is their home game. We expect the team to perform at a higher level at home. So um, we'll see in the next two weeks. To me, the Phoenix Phoenix one doesn't bother me because I think they're a top-tier team. And Portland was a playoff team last year. So maybe we took them a little bit lighter than what what we did. And, and, you know, they had a 1-1 draw against Tulsa, which, you know, on, on the surface didn't seem as good. Um, but Tulsa ended up rolling Orange County five to two after being down two nothing this weekend. So maybe that result was a little bit better than what we anticipate uh, anticipated. But to me, the the issue is is you can't be dropping points at home, um, and, and and that's that that's the problem. Um, now they go on the road against Colorado, which we'll see how good they are. Um, they're always tough and in, 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 you know in altitude and in. Uh, so that'll be a tough one, and they come back and, and face the bold. So, I you know, circling back to Cardoni, you know, my concern with him isn't so much the mistakes. It's the, you know, sitting in my position in 114, it's the lack of, of um, the verbal, the calling, the quarterbacking back or that, that, you know, it doesn't seem like he controls it like, you know, Josh Ford did, like, you know, Diego did, where, where you had that vocal to be able to make sure the defenders were were in the right spot. And, you know, with the new defensive line, I think that communication is, is, is key. And if that's a, you know, in my opinion, you know, that's a weakness of, of Matt's is he's not the most verbal guy. You know, I wonder if that kind of helps feeds into some of that that lack of communication because that's really what it is. It's a lack of communication between the back line, uh, well, between the three lines, between back line midfielders and then you know the back line and the goalkeeper. You know, making sure that you know you're, you're you got each other's back. And you know, just from what I'm seeing, you know, you know from from what I've observed, that communication hasn't developed yet. Now it's only game two, so you know, you know, we don't expect it overnight, but you know, it goes back to one of my concerns over preseason where there were no, there was no bonding away trips where you can kind of get away from the conference at home to be able to develop that, that bond. Okay. Yeah. I can hear somebody's uh, microphone. I think a little bit, uh, some feedback coming through. Uh, somebody has their volume turned up. Um, but I agree with you. And my biggest concern isn't necessarily even Cardoni and that back line. It's uh, more what we saw or lack of what we saw offensively, where if this team becomes one dimensional again, I think it's going to be really difficult. You know, it's like you said almost perfectly, Jose. I think we lacked creativity uh, when it mm-hmm. came to the attack outside of just kind of 
playing that ball outside of the corner. You really didn't see too many runs would play it deep in, you know, to Guzman or somebody like that there up top. But you really didn't see too many runs through the middle or anything like that for anybody on the attacking end. It was like we couldn't really come up with anything creative in the attacking third to finish off the attack. And, and um, you know, do, do is that where maybe, you know, Bryant that got down injured for who knows how long would have came into a, uh, you know, a piece that comes in the second half and rev- revolutionize uh, the, the, or adds more revolutions to the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've seen him do some creative stuff out Where's there Rafa? last year. Rafa, you know, is, is he not fit? Um, that's been a, a big problem. 18, yeah. Yeah, it's been a big problem. Uh, you know, Walter Restrepo, I mean, he wears the number 10. The most creative guy on the field should be the number 10. So He got in at the 85th minute for, for their hair, so... Yeah, and that's where I say I just I think, you know, everybody in that stadium was wondering kind of right around, you know, the 60th minute mark, how, how what can we do to kind of change things up a little bit? And you look at our bench that was there and kind of the 18 that was announced, and it's just like, where do you see the creativity? And maybe it is Ethan Bryant. Maybe that's what you're missing with him not being, you know, in the lineup due to a lower body injury. But they're going to have to figure out something throughout the season that they can bring on the field outside of the defensive struggles. Because if we start seeing this offense struggle, I think we're going to be in for, uh, you know, a rude awakening. It's going to be another difficult season. Mm-hmm. Especially with these two uh, road games. These are going to be very important. Do we come back from these two road games? Well, road game two, one and a half road games because offense at home. But do we come back with zero? Do we come back with zero points? Do we come back with one point? Do we come back with six points? I don't know. So it's going to be these two games are going to be very important. Well, it's they got to come back with points. And the reason why I say that is Oklahoma City's um, already got six points. We got one. So we're already five points back from the top now I'm not saying that we got to be you know number one <laughs> there goes home field but <laughs> but yeah you can't I, I go back to last year and you know you know we say hey relax relax hey it's it's not a concern mm-hmm. but when you're setting 16th in the standings you know, and the only teams that below you are El Paso and, and RGV. That that's that to me that's unacceptable. And I know it's week two, um, but it's a know. different season. This is a completely different season. They set the expectation at the beginning of this season that they were going to be a competitive team in the West. Right. In order to be a competitive team in the West, to me that says that if you're not finishing as a top four team, where you're a home seed in the playoffs and you're bringing a match there to San Antonio, that's your goal for this season. If anything mm-hmm. short of that, you're not accomplishing what you set out to do. So whereas last season we may have said, hey, it's only two weeks in, take your time. I think there's just a little bit more of an edge this season where there's it comes urgency. to urgency. Exactly. That's a great word I for yes. it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, speaking of, of, of uh, being down at the bottom, what's up with Texas – we're at the bottom of the Texas Cup. What's going on? Copa Texas. Uh, it, it looks like nobody wants it. for last place. Is that, is that what <laughs> you want? Yeah, for last place. 
That's the only thing about those competitions sometimes, you know, where it's like, man, would you rather win the Copa Tejas and none of them make the playoffs or, uh, you know. The the trophies. Not the trophies I want. No, they don't. Not those ones. Not if they're all at the bottom of the table. (laughs) And and, um, looking forward to uh, Colorado, what do you guys, uh, you want to go into predictions? You want to, I mean, I haven't really seen Colorado, so I have no clue of how they'll play. So Colorado destroyed Las Dos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Seth, you know, our old uh, guys playing forward again. And, and That's right. Well. Good old Mike. Um, and they lost to Sacramento at home on a PK. Lost one nothing. Mm. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they've got three points, one win, one loss uh, for it here. Um, you know, win against the Galaxy 2. Um, who I don't think is the world beater by any means, um, and but lost the competitive game against Sac. You know, you know, one nothing on on, on call. So uh, I think it'll be somewhat challenging. Uh, just you know, from my experience, uh, we tend to struggle up there. But uh, they've got it. They got to get a point though. Um, you know, it, it'll, it'll be interesting because they're a very defensive team. Um, so. If we can't break them down defensively, and if we're struggling defensively, uh, that, you know that that could lead to you know to some goals being scored. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, Scott, they, I think they've got to come away from this road trip with three points. I mean, you really wanted to see four points though from these first two matches at home, right? They're already right. walking away from these first two games with one. So, you know, you almost want to see him come away with four points, I would say, out of these two matches now on the road because you really only expected him, hopefully, to steal three, right? Against maybe Austin. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. If, if, if they tie or lose Austin, what does that do to the fan base? Do you don't think so? No. It just makes the uh, shit talking more... Yeah, I mean, it's going mean, to suck. Shit-talking because if, I think it's one-sided shit-talking, hasn't it? It has been It has been mainly one-sided. So maybe it gives Austin a little bit of credibility. You know, it gives them a little. Why are we even talking about this, though, Harry? You stop it. Stop it. See, now you're getting us down these rabbit holes of what I'm going to tell you why. You're the one that brought up the question on, hey, the two-game road trip. Yeah. I'm looking on Colorado. But to me, if speaking of those two points – we're, we're what, you know, what, ten days away, twelve days away from, you know, eleven days away from, you know, from the Austin Bowl. You already see, you know, SAFC touting the the bold match with the, you know, their their taco shirt out today. So you know that that's, you know, I'm not saying the team's looking ahead, but as an organization, they're looking at that match. I'm not oh. looking at that shirt. That's for sure. Speaking of that shirt, I don't think you're the only not one not looking at fire or not pass or uh, swipe left or, or swipe right on that shirt. Close the app on that one. X. So you don't close. like it? Dude, if it was 10 bucks, I probably would have bought it. You know, the, the three of them. If it know, was five. The, but 15, uh, 15 uh, I think I might just wear a red shirt. <laughs> it's, that, it's gimmicky. It's, like that, it's that flying chanclas type of deal. Yeah, but that, that's what I think about it. That sounds a lot, though. That you know, it does. It does because it's 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 probably aimed more towards the family uh, friendly atmosphere, which is 
which is uh, I think that's to give it up. Say what else? Say what else, Jose? I I know what you want to say. Scared more towards him. No, no, family, family, because because I mean you know, it's it has a cartoon on it with boxing gloves, two cartoon tackles, boxing, um. And the, you know what offends me the most about that shirt? That they're, they're, uh, hard shell tacos. What yeah, the they are. I got called out. Was the hard shell? But I think fucking, you can uh, soft shell. tacos. Could you? Yeah, you can. I just ate some tacos right now. I still ate some mini tacos right before this. <laughs> He's like, I was so mad. I had to eat some mini tacos. I did. That, that happened. True story. <laughs> True story. Well, so we've got the uh, Samba match tomorrow, uh, obviously. Um, they also have a game against the runners. It looks like that they were able uh, to get scheduled. Uh, as March well. 27th. Yeah, March 27th. Yeah. So um, obviously next two matches for San Antonio FC, just kind of important, I think, for setting the pace of what the uh, the season's going to be like. Um, you know, if, if they can get a couple wins, how huge is six points where now they're looking at seven points in their first four games, and you know it, it's looking kind of silly as far as if they can get this back line thing worked out. Yep, we'll see. Do they need a shutout though, or a one goal? I, I think a one goal game. I think, yeah, dude, just Points. just a win, three to one. That's. I mean, I'm not looking for clean sheets. I, I know everybody's already like, hey, clean sheets would be nice, but let's walk away from a game with one goal. But really, and, and Alice is kind of looking ahead, but really looking after the Colorado Springs match, yeah, they have the Austin Bold, they have Vegas Lights um, at home, they have the Last Dose at home, uh, they have Real Real Monarchs who aren't as good as last year, and they have Tacoma before they face uh, New Mexico and, and the schedule gets a little bit harder. So they've got a stretch coming you know, between now and the end of April where they've got to get some points before they start, you know, facing some of the more heavier, you know, heavyweights, uh, you know, of, of the West. So it's imperative that, that they get the defense, you know, figured out, um, you know, you know, I think Matt's okay. I think we just need to, you know, he, he needs a game to build that confidence. And I think if he can build that confidence with that one game, and that's why I ask about a, a shutout. I think if, if he got, if he got that, if he got that shutout, you know, I, I think I think that takes you know basically a load off his shoulders, uh, you know, for that here. But uh, I think it's going to take more than one game, though. I I, I get where you're coming yeah. from. A shutout would be nice in that regard, but I think it's going to take a few matches for him to get settled in. Where yeah, you know, maybe he gives up one in a game, maybe he has a clean sheet in another game, but a few games just to kind of get back into his groove and into his rhythm because we all know the level that he's capable of mm-hmm. playing at. It's just stupid mental errors. And so I think it might take more than just one good game or, or one clean sheet. There's no just kind of magic remedy for this. I think it's going to take a few games of him getting back into his groove. And and he's going to be fine, um, you know, and we'll see the math that we've seen play before. Um, hopefully, you know, what we've seen hopefully. so far isn't indicative of what we're going to see for him moving forward. Because I just – I don't see how he would have made that much of a – night and day kind of difference between where how we've seen him play and how he's playing right now it's just like two completely mm-hmm. different people yeah i uh when you went through that list you mentioned uh all these i guess winnable games or uh points you can take away i i noticed that you didn't mention tulsa is tulsa one of the big hitters this year is that what no, you're telling me we don't play tulsa till, is that what you're telling me tell me 
Tulsa's a contender? Tulsa's second in the league right now. Oklahoma is owning uh, the state of Texas right now, which sucks. You know, Tulsa's second, Oklahoma's first. So They have four points to win it, and they're <laughs> one game ahead of us. They're going to win the league, guys. <laughs> Just like Hey, the energy could. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the energy. The energy, the energy is look nice. Yeah. Well, what so, do we got yeah, left before, for tonight's show? Four or five we... goals on the road against anybody, against Orange County. I was somewhat impressed with that. Nice. That's a I good... watched the game and, you know, uh, I, you know, the one person that I miss, and, and I know I'm not the only one, would be Sip. You know, if you had had Sip and Diedrich Ooh. in the back here, I, I think – I don't think we'd be having the same defensive struggles, but that's you know that's last year. Well, well, guys, it's, it's, it's like a bummer one. I feel I feel down right now. It's early on, man. It's and like I yeah. say, it's it's going to take some time for them to iron out all the mistakes there on the back line. Obviously, Didich, you know, has some some work still to do before he uh, is really the the quality player that we think he's capable of becoming. Um, the good thing I think that you see though still is is you see Green playing really well. You see Yarrow playing really well. So I think they're kind of answering some of those questions that we had just about the overall, you know, how talented is this back line? They're at least showing that they have the talent to be a better, you know, unit in the USL and not give up three mm-hmm. goals a game, hopefully. Yeah, individually – if you take them, if you look at them at all the games individually, you know that they're they're high they're high USL level guys, um, you know. Um, but it's just they just haven't been able to put that put it together. The Rubik's cube hasn't been solved. They're still kind of you know playing around with the pieces. Um, but I'll tell you one thing: <laughs> we're doing better than the RGV Toros, aren't we? <laughs> By one point. <laughs> All right, Harry. Well, are you ready for uh, final thoughts? Do we kind of cover everything? I know it was a little bit of a shorter episode actually this evening. We might finish sub one hour. Yeah. So my final thought is, so I took AJ to the MLS game. Uh, you know, over at Houston Dynamo, and we earlier this year we went up to Dallas as well and watched San Antonio FC. Um, I hope people understand just how special uh, the product that SAFC puts on, and, and it's not just them, but the the environment from Mission City, the Crocketeers, Two Ten, uh, to all the podcasts that 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 come out. Um, I've never, you know, it, it just it it really brings a more family aspect. And, you know, even if the stadium, you know, like last week was, you know, what, 6,000, you know, to me, it's a different feeling and you have that different passion. And, you know, I think it's, it's awesome to see, you know, and, you know, and my son, you know, especially where, um, you know, he enjoyed the match, but you could tell it was a different, you know, it was a different aspect. So, um, you know, I want to say thank you know, you know, thank you to everybody out there that makes those matches special because um, I know my you know my son, especially AJ, you know, you know he really enjoys it, and um, I think he saw just you know for the first time of how special of an environment that Toyota field can be, especially when it's rocking, you know, with the you know, seven to eight thousand people in there. So hopefully we can get back to that more on a consistent basis. But even if it's just the the six thousand. 
Um, we all do a hell of a job supporting the team and, and, and you know, making San Antonio, um, you know, one, in my opinion, one of a kind team, you know, whether MLS wants us or not, you know, you know, it is our team and we own that. We own that stadium. I agree. Well said. Piggybacking on that, Harry, um, I know when uh, Phoenix came here last last week, um, a lot of the Phoenix, yeah, a lot of the Phoenix guys are Man U fans, so they met up with us at the watch mm-hmm. party the following morning, and they did mention um, how much we got it made here because of the whole tailgate experience. Mm-hmm. They don't have an area where they can tailgate. Yeah. They, they actually get together a little bit far away at pubs or bars or whatever you mm-hmm. have it, and they and then transfer themselves into the stadium. So. You know that that's something. Uh, I know I'm gonna go up to Salt Lake and, and check how, how how they do it up there. So yeah, like you say, uh, keep in mind that you know we got something good here. Um, no matter if it's uh, MLS, USL, whatever you want to call whatever it, whatever the league is, doesn't matter. Yeah, we got something special. It's not as big. It's not as flashy as <laughs> Miami, but uh, it's mu- it's you better. Fort Lauderdale. Oops. Fort Lauderdale. But but uh, hey, quick uh, reminder the. I think what the U.S. men's national team. I think some some of my friends are going to play in Houston on on Tuesday. Yes. So uh, if you guys can make it out there, that'll be. Who are they playing? Do you know? Uh, was it Chile? Oh, oh yeah, Chile. Yeah, yeah, they are. But I'd uh, be proud to pay the uh, the some marketing toll uh, to be able to do it. But the, the sad thing is, and I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. There's only like ten thousand seats that have been sold on that. Doesn't surprise so, me. You haven't seen the attendance of recent games. Doesn't surprise me. They suck. No one wants to. They should have brought it to. They should have brought it to uh, Field. It would have got packed. I would have watched it. Twenty dollars. I would have gone. My, uh, I guess my final thought is uh, kind of similar then to uh, both of y'all's. Um, also, too, with the start of all the uh, UPSL teams, try and mm-hmm. do something this season to go out and just check out. One of these UPSL matches. If you're up there in Bernie, you know, go out to Bernie City Park for one of their games or go to a uh, Samba game there at Wheatley Heights Sports Complex. You know, you got UTSA, the runners over there kind of playing near UTSA. So there's a lot of other games going on just kind of around the city of San Antonio on a Friday night or Saturday night. Pay attention to some of these schedule releases. Go out there and check out one of these UPSL teams. Uh, you also have the women's league that's fixing to start up. So, you know, uh, if you want to take your daughter out there to go see some uh, women play, it's pretty cool to get to see them uh, kind of highlighted at that level uh, and, and really get to see, you know, semi-professional soccer here in San Antonio and, and just supporting, you know, the players really appreciate playing for their city and they really appreciate when you go out there and watch them play. Yep, I agree. Well done uh, on a somber uh, episode, hopefully. We're all wearing black. We're all wearing black, guys. <laughs> Duh. It's got. It's got to get better. Hopefully, that's the one. <laughs> it's gonna get better. It's yeah. gonna get better. The Stay sun positive. will shine. Stay positive, guys. This year.